This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.36 a.m. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shatsana Mokdar with Wang Xiaoning and Keith Kam. Tens of thousands of Indian farmers have been marching towards the capital, New Delhi, to protest over crop prices. And this is a renewal of a 2021 movement where farmers succeeded to get contentious new agricultural laws repealed. However, leaders of the current march said that the government hasn't made progress on demands like guaranteed crop prices, doubling of farmers' income and loan waivers. The farmers, mainly from the northern state of Punjab, began marching to Delhi, but their efforts so far have been blocked by authorities. After a fourth round of talks on Sunday, the farmers' groups are putting the march on hold temporarily as they deliberate proposals by the authorities in which the union ministers have proposed the buying of pulses, maize and cotton crops by government agencies at minimum support prices for five years. So with the elections just months away, how will the protests affect India, India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi's campaign for a third time? So for some insights, we speak to RN Baskar, contributing editor of the Free Press Journal. He's also the founding editor of the new site Asia Converge. Baskar, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Now, back in 2021, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi repealed a set of agricultural laws after uh, initial protests by farmers. This time around, though, why are they protesting again? Uh, there are three reasons why the farmers are protesting. One is the farmers feel that they have lost their voice, they've been marginalized. And this is based on three things. One is that uh, their incomes have been falling. And today, for a small farmer, cultivation is not profitable. He has to augment his income by working as a laborer in some other places, just to make sure that he can meet his family budget. The second reason is that the government has not been very kind towards the farmers. It has banned forward trading in more agricultural crops than ever before in this history. Now, when you ban forward trading, you actually tell the farmer that you cannot plan your future cropping patterns. You cannot plan your future production of crops based on future prices. Effectively, you made the farmer depend more and more on government handouts and government doles. Farmers don't like that. They also have pride. They, they would like to be self-reliant and independent. And the third reason is that if you look at the agricultural policies, you have something called the, the, you know, the minimum support for prices, MSP. They are only applicable to rice and wheat. They want it to be applicable to all crops. Why only rice and wheat? India surplus in rice and wheat. Other crops needed more. Point two, what they've asked, and very sensibly, I agree with them entirely on this call, that let not MSP be applicable only to government-owned FCI, Food Corporation of India. Even in a private trader picks up for the farmer, he must pay the minimum price because that would remove some of the inequity. And of course, there's always a political reason, but the political reason have got the groundswell from the actual reasons. Basko, will the demands be hard to meet? What are the challenges the Indian government is facing to realise these demands? Well, the government doesn't want to meet these demands because one, it would make the farmers more self-reliant and not dependent on the government handouts and doles through which they can purchase votes. Two, it would show that the government is weak and, and the government likes to show that it's strong and hence will not bow down to any pressures from outside. I mean, when a farmer's protesting, when do you stay tear gas and other kinds of paramilitary forces against farmers? It's a show of strength. Now, the farmers group held another round of talks over the weekend with the government. So what is the likely outcome? And will we see a resolution anytime soon? 
will we see a resolution anytime soon? Uh, it's a very difficult question to say because had it been one year earlier, the government would have stuck to its guns and they would have waited for the agitation to fizzle up. But there are two problems. One, the farmers have shown in the past that they can be tenacious. These are North Indian farmers and half the farmers are also ex-army people because all the Punjab farmers, almost all farmers have families where someone is in the army, someone's in the Air Force, someone's in the Navy. It's a very martial race. Now that's one. So whenever the government comes in with moves to block an agitation, the farmers know how to respond to it quite capably. A very good example was recently when the government used drones to, to shoot tear gas at the farmers, the farmers merely devised a new strategy of flying kites in the air so that the string to the kites would catch the propellers and the drones would fall down. The government knows it cannot deal with the farmers in the way it did two years ago. Now, the farmers' demands are very simple. They want MSP, minimum support price, for all crops, not just for rice and wheat. Two, they want the procurement order to be applicable not just to the government procuring agencies, but even to private parties who seek to buy it from the farmers, thus giving the farmers an assurance that the government does not buy it, the small farmers will not be left high and dry. Now, these are two critical demands. When they're asking about all crops, this is something the government has not done in the past. What I'm surprised at is the government is that is that the farmers have not insisted on removing of the ban on commodity trading, forward trading, futures. And the second thing is removing the ban on exports. The government did not want exports to take place so they could, could, it could cushion the prices for the domestic market. The farmers are upset about that ban on exports. They say you're subsidizing the farmers to benefit the consumers. You're not giving the farmers the chance to earn more money. And last night, the government said that they are going to revoke the onion export ban. So the government has already blinked. One, by having several talks. B, by agreeing to revoke the onion export ban. Will it agree to the MSP? Will it agree to all crops? And will it agree to the private sector also having to pay the price of MSP is something that remains to be seen. What does this then mean for the Modi government, especially with elections due to be held in a few months' time? Well, the farmers have chosen the right timing to pressure the government. Had they done it one year earlier, Nobody would have listened to them. But right now, they are ready for more and more rounds of talks because they because elections are just around the corner. And the implications on the election uh, on the electoral uh, verdict will be huge. So shifting our attention away from the farmers, India's Supreme Court has declared electoral bonds, which is a system that allows for anonymous political donations to be illegal. And this is seen as a blow to Modi's governing party. So what will the implications be of this decision leading up to the elections? In perception, yes, it'll hit Modi's government. In reality, it may not hit him at all because... uh, and that is, you see, first, okay, perception, because the perception is going to be negative, Modi's instructed his people not to file an appeal against the Supreme Court judgment, because that would blow up the affair even further and appear in the media very often. Point two, will it affect Modi's funding? No, he's got his own sources of funding, and there are many sources 
and uh, that BJP is more cash rich than any other political party today. So funding wise, it may not make any difference. Baskar, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was R.N. Baskar, contributing editor of the Free Press Journal, breaking down for us uh, the reasons why farmers are protesting in India and what the possible implications could be for the Modi government ahead of elections in April and May. Okay, the reason why it's these protests are so important is I've just found out that in India, 44% of the population is involved in agriculture in one way or another, which is shocking uh, when it's even higher than 18th century England. So I guess politicians really do pay attention to what the farmers, uh, whether they're happy, they're not happy. But the point about the MSP or this minimum standard pricing is that it's a very contentious issue. Prices are set usually twice a year and they're seen as providing a bottom to the market because so many farmers depend on this pricing. But at the same time, economists argue it's a bit outdated, this whole system. What it does is it creates artificial barriers and in a way encourages farmers to produce crops that they shouldn't otherwise. But there's also been no long-term change in terms of the agriculture policy of India to adapt to the new current environment and what would some would say the need to export their agriculture goods rather than just looking rather inward. And it's important for the rest of the world to pay attention to this simply because India is an agricultural export giant. They are the biggest producer of rice in the world. We were affected when they restricted uh, exports of their rice. So I, I think all these things are interlinked, which is why it's important to keep abreast of what's happening uh, on that front. Uh, it is 7.47 in the morning. We're going to uh, head into some messages, but we'll take a look at another giant in the world economy. We'll be looking at China uh, and their economic landscape after the Lunar New Year. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.